0: Amara Brown featuring Juntal and uh, Ampava. <laughs> You know, Venec language is just so, it's so powerful. When you say a word, just one word, it can mean so much. And yet it's just a small little word. But anyway, uh, Amara will get to unpack uh, that song for us and tell us exactly, you know, what is happening in there. Joining us right here on Jet Set Breakfast. And um, Amara, she's, uh, you know, born Amara uh, Nuri Brown and uh, she's a songwriter pop artist uh, from zimbabwe and also she's the daughter of the legendary the veteran musician andy brown and was raised by her mom in the u.s and later returned home in zimbabwe and began learning bira and piano when she was only nine years old and made her first demo song at 13 prompting her to join um, her father, uh, the father's band, uh, the Storm. Amara, good to have you on Jetset Breakfast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. How are you this morning? I am super. I am super. I am super. I I was chuckling listening to the song, saying, you know, just listening to the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> It's, beautiful love song. Uh, yeah, I, I just unpack for me, you know, just to make us understand, you know, if some, you know, for somebody who's been listening, what what, what it means. Oh man, so baba means a thief. Baba
1: is a thief, and I I remember having a really cool writing session with Gentel, and we were just freestyling, you know, over this instrumental. And when I heard him say baba, I'm like, that's exactly how love feels. Like I feel like. My heart was stolen in this relationship of mine that I was in. And I was just like, that's how it felt. It was so unexpected, but true to form. Um, it was just vibrant and funny and humorous and uh, different in terms of the kind of approach it was as a love song. So I absolutely love creating that beautiful beat with Jintel.
0: Look, you, you're a daughter of, of a legend when it comes to music. Did your father inspire you to be in music? Yes and no. (laughs) So in the beginning, it was all that
1: I knew. It it, it didn't occur to me necessarily that my upbringing was a little bit different. Um, I know for a fact as a baby um, or even in the womb, I would kick when there was music on. Um, I came out, I had to be, you know, guitars would be played for me to sleep and I'd wait up for my dad late at night and that kind of a thing. So I think that some things just ran hot in my veins and I was very, very blessed to have parents who understood what that passion was. I was 12 when I knew that I was going to become a musician for sure. I, I had a, a solo in choir and I was in the States and I ran home and I got the solo and I was like, mom, you want the solo? And she was just like, oh, that's so great. I'm just like, yeah, but that's not everything. I want to be a musician. And she was like, for life, I'm just like, for real, I said, just absolutely that's what I want to do. And I, and I knew it. I knew it at that point, like I know now. Um, so I think that God has his gifts, you know what I'm saying? And, um, and I was very lucky to have someone like my dad who was just like a gentle giant there to guide me and support me. And my mom was that superwoman who, you know, every talent show, every demo, every performance, she was supportive and there, you know. So I was very really blessed in that regard.
0: And talking about any talent show, so in 2008 you were among five Zimbabweans who featured in the top 10 list of idols East and Southern Africa. What was that like?
1: Oh my gosh, it was such a great experience. I remember being so scared (laughs) to be away from home for the first time. I was all of 19 and um, I had never been to Kenya before and it was this massive seven country search and The Zimbabwean group was the biggest group. And I made friends for life while I also learned to carry myself in front of a camera while performing in front of a thousand plus people. So that was really awesome in that way. And um, a really awesome season uh, when I look back on it. I just recently opened a group with all of my contestants and my fellow contestants and some of the judges and um, the hosts even because we lost Eric Moyle. Uh, a few weeks back who was the winner of that season um, wow. but he was singing lead for Joyous Celebration but what an honor to just have experienced that and let through that so really, really grateful it shaped me a lot as, um, as a performer but also appreciating the scope of Africa because my biggest fans came from Zambia and Nigeria yeah. and Kenya <laughs> surprisingly enough um, they were all biting about where i'm from but um it was a really beautiful experience i look at that I look back at that with a lot of love
0: yeah and it's and amazing. let's take a look at you you know when you look at your music when i listen to your music you know your conversations you seek to have through your music and you also play the instrument Mbira, which is not an easy instrument to play and oh. playing the piano at nine <laughs>
1: so um i nagged. My stepmom, my stepmom's name was Chioniso Maraire, and she was a beautiful, brilliant, amazing musician as well in her own right. Um, But I obviously didn't know that at the time. (laughs) I was just eight, and I just knew that I loved the sound of the zumbira, and I kept saying, please, can you teach me how to play? Please, can you teach me how to play? And my dad said one day, she's just better teach her, because she's not going to stop until she gets it. You can see she's got the thing, you know. And she sat down with me and she, and she taught me, um, they got me my son Bira for my ninth birthday. And I was just obsessed. I could sit on that thing for hours until I had blisters on my fingers, on my thumbs and, and just be lost in it, you know, trying to figure out something that, you know, I could feel, I could feel on the inside and it's still a very soothing, calming, creative place for me, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's important also for musicians, vocalists in particular, to know how to play an instrument. My dad always used to say that. And uh, he was right.
0: <laughs> and um, talk collaborations? Do you intend to have any collaborations in South Africa?
1: I would love to have some collaborations. I don't want to say who yes, because I genuinely feel like it's a vibe when you collaborate with someone. It's always a good idea. On paper it could always be a good idea on paper but i think that sometimes the chemistry is lost when people are creating something because they think oh that's a strategic thing to do and i don't want to work from that place because i think that hits are made from uh, a case of feeling <laughs> it's a it's chemistry <laughs> to, 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 for lack of a better word so i'm looking forward to this year because i know that i'm digging my feet into the south african um industry and just getting to know my peers a lot better and and i'm grateful i can walk into any space and be so respected you know so that's a really a good starting place for me and i'm just excited to see what unfolds
0: this year yeah and you look you've lived in different parts of the world and Mm -hmm. um how has it you know how has that influenced your your art
1: Oh wow I think as African people in general actually we we're sort of a melting pot with a very strong essence of our own traditional classical music so I think it gives us a, like an added advantage essentially because in a lot of uh, in certain places of the world or in first world countries they sort of squeeze the juice out of their own authenticity until so there's nothing left And they have to draw from different parts of the world now. Um, At this point in time, sonically, I'm saying I can hear all the various influences that they need. They have to go really far (laughs) to find new inspiration, whereas we are already this place where we have a vast scope. So I grew up listening to Brenda Farsi and Salif Keita, but also Whitney Houston and Jimi Hendrix and, you know, Mariah Carey. So, it gives you the space where you can hear things from a different place and feel things from a different place and communicate musically from a different place.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and in wrapping up, Amara. I mean, I was just listening to that song. I love it. It just gets you dancing. Uh, the one that we just played, um, Baba. Baba. Yes. <laughs> and there's this there's this vibe that I get. You know, like a like a Papa Wemba vibe. You know, the Kwasa yeah. Kwasa vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I I grew up loving Roomba,
1: Sungura. These are some of the things that were staple to Zimbabwe. And it never left me (laughs) when I was growing up. um, It just seemed natural to, to create this place where I would sing the way I sing and just have all these different vibrant sounds because I can perform to anybody that's living in the middle of the village right up to somebody who's uptown, you know, in the booze-booze. <laughs> That's just the joy of being Zimbabwean. So I'm living it and I'm grateful.
0: Well, Amara, we're going to have to leave it at this point. Thank you so much for joining us on Jetset Breakfast. And uh, hopefully I'll get to see you perform somewhere, hopefully in Johannesburg. Or, oh, definitely. Or definitely. if I'm in Zimbabwe. But <laughs> what, what a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to
0: giving you the album this year. Okay, thank you so much and bye for now. Marvellous. Ciao. Bye-bye.